Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. They haven't won a World Series in a century or so. So what? They're here. Every April, they're here. A 105 or a 705, there is a game. If it gets rained out, guess what? They make it up to you. Does anyone else in your life do that? It's time for Hit and Run. Don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. Throw some ground ball. It's more democratic. Cubs and White Sox conversation every Sunday morning till Cubs first pitch. Any bet against my Sox this series is a sucker bet. Of course, I'm not a gambling man. Hosted by Matt Spiegel. I want the absolute truth here. Are you 100%? Yeah, what about something like that you better you want to make this team connecting with you the baseball fanatic there's no crying in baseball no crying hit and run on sports radio 670 the score 670 the score.com and the app. good morning baseball fans on a sunday morning i'm coming to you live from the ballpark the good news about chicago is that we have ballparks all over the joint. You know about the big league ones? Been fortunate enough to broadcast from there and before games there. You know about both of those. In fact, next Saturday when the Cubs are on the south side to battle the White Sox, Bruce Levine and I will be doing a special inside the clubhouse on Saturday afternoon leading right into Cubs-White Sox. But there are more than just the two big league ballparks. There are minor league teams aplenty. There are independent league teams And this is my first time inside this structure, building. The building part is over there behind the field. It's a structure. It's impact field up here where the Chicago Dogs play. Very pleased to be here. This should be some fun today. I am looking at the greenness of the grass, the brownness, which is a word, of of the dirt, and the cars going by on I-90 right there. So has anybody hit it to I-90? There's a tall screen back there behind the left field and center field stands. That would be a launch. But I hope that has happened. Can we get research on that? Can we get R&D on that? I want to know if any windshields have been broken in mid-commute by a batted ball, perhaps off the bat of Keon Barnum. Who is 16 car pileups as a result of (laughs) brings 294 to a halt. You know what? Baseball deserves... It's presence everywhere. I don't care. if The occasional 16-car pileup is a small price to pay for having baseball here at Impact Field in Rosemont. Uh, come on by if you like. It is easy to get to. Just look for the baseball field off of I-90 in Rosemont, and then look for the guy holding a microphone on the outfield concourse of said baseball field. And I will be here. Brought to you by the Chicago Dogs, where every day is Fan Appreciation Day. For tickets, visit thechicagodogs.com. The manager of the Dogs is Butch Hobson, who had an eight-year, very interesting big league career. Uh, A lot of it with the Boston Red Sox. I grew up very interested in the big league career of Butch Hobson. I can't wait to talk to him. It's been a really um, kind of bizarre and long and intriguing managerial odyssey for Butch since his playing days. We'll talk about that. 
And Carlos Zambrano, their ace pitcher. The merely 37-year-old Carlos Zambrano? How is that possible? It's unbelievable. I'll tell you how it's possible. He was born in 1981. That's how that works. I'm big on the whole math thing. But when he comes up and he's pitching, he's part of things early on as a Cub. He is young, people. Young, young. He's 22 when he's a part of that rotation in 2003 with Wood and Pryor. My goodness. And uh, no wonder he sticks around and he's part of things in 07 and 08. And eventually makes six, count them, six consecutive opening day starts for the Chicago Cubs. I thought he was 45. Uh, yeah, No, 37 years old, supposedly. We'll try to get to the bottom of that with Carlos Zambrano. Among other things, looking forward very much to talking to him. I consider it a mulligan of sorts for an interview that Dan McNeil and I did long ago on the score that just went horrifically. Just, just awful. So... I'm not going to bring it up to Big Z, you know, but I am going to try to right some of the wrongs of the past. That's what we do. Chris Kamka will join us at 945 for his weekly hit of Cam Connections. Statistical nuggets you can find nowhere except in the brain and occasionally Twitter feed of the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. We'll talk to him at 945. And we've got a slightly early out at about 1135 here because the Cubs and the Reds will resume their series in Cincinnati the Cubs have a chance to win a road series for the first time uh, after I think it's five road series losses in a row. That ain't good. So they've got a chance to uh, try and stem that after winning yesterday. Uh, White Sox got blistered by the very good Minnesota Twins, who had, I think, five homers. Nelson Cruz had five RBIs and was a triple away from the cycle. I don't know when the last triple was for Nelson Cruz, but the next one is not coming anytime soon. Uh, But still... He can still play. I, I think the Twins are an awesome lineup mix. Just awesome. Some really good kids. Yesterday they got speed back with Byron Buxton um, and another veteran back with Marwin Gonzalez. They signed some some savvy dudes who don't have to do everything like Nelson Cruz and Jonathan Scope. And a guy who's on the injured list right now, Eddie Rosario, is just the heart and soul of that team emotionally. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what the Twins have um, but maybe they will get shut down today on Giolito Day on the south side because Lucas Giolito is pitching. I learned some stuff. You think you know everything about Lucas Giolito? Well, if you read the, uh, the, the Saturday, the giant Saturday sprawling section in the Sun-Times that my buddy Steve Greenberg put together, there was stuff there about Giolito. So we'll get to that for sure. But let's start in Cincinnati. Let's start with the drama with the Cubs and the Reds. It's hit and run on 670 to score. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm Matt Spiegel. I'm with you. You can call and talk to me at 312-644-6767. You can text at 6711 and tweet me at Matt Spiegel 670. Um, I need to speak out loud the awkward truth of yesterday's situation. Okay? And the awkward truth is that up 5 nothing on a 3-0 count, it's incredibly difficult for me to believe that Pedro Strope didn't just hit Yasiel Puig on the butt intentionally. I, I, I think he probably did. Okay? So, look, we don't know for sure. But there's really, there's no reason to be doing that. You know, you got something against Puig? Maybe. Okay. But that's really, you know, if somebody else did that to Baez or to Bryant, down five runs on a 3-0 and count... And what would you, as a partisan Cub fan, say and think about the situation? That, that, was, that was an intentional plunking for whatever reason. I, I don't know what the, 
what perhaps the inside reasons uh, are between Pedro Strope and Yasiel Puig, if there is any. But we do then know what was said after the game. And we'll listen to that, and I want to talk about it with you. But here's the awkward truth. I, I really like Pedro Strope as a pitcher, as a dude, as a personality. He is beloved in that clubhouse. You will look back on the overall totality of his Cubs career and look at him as one of the better relievers in the history of the franchise. And that's true, even if it gives you pause at a moment like here to think about. But Pedro Strope is completely and utterly in the wrong yesterday. Not just in the pitch, but in the comments afterward. The way he talked about it, calling out Yasiel Puig as stupid, stupid as blank. And we'll play it for you. You probably have heard it by now. But there's really no reason to do that. There's no reason. It's unseemly. And it's, it's, it's uh, be better. Be better than that. As, as a player, as a pitcher, and as a dude. Yasiel Puig clearly is uh, a little touched, a little off mentally, psychologically, Yasiel Puig. Um, I find him adorable and incredibly likable, and I've found him to be that way for a long, long time. Whether it's the tweeting, Puig, your friend. He tries to d dissolve conflict whenever possible. Uh, he has bothered people by the way that he goes about his business, but for the most part, he goes about his business in a, a, in a way that he has an incredible amount of fun. And this is what we so often like about the modern player and the modern Latin player, like Pedro Strope, who pumps his fist emphatically after strikeouts. I think Puig is very likable. He's weird. He licks his bat. He's odd. He's uh, difficult to perhaps communicate with. He's a little... Things don't seem to come easy for Yasiel Puig, which is uh, one way of... Uh, perhaps it's another way of saying he's stupid. He's stupid as F, like Pedro Strope said. I, just, I, I didn't think that was kind or necessary, and I thought it was kind of ugly, frankly. And if you read and hear what Yasiel Puig said after the game... I didn't have a problem with a single word that Yasiel Puig said. Not a single word. So, look, we can talk about this, but I got to tell you, I'm disappointed in Pedro Strope today. Disappointed in Pedro Strope. And if the Reds come back and hit somebody, well, that's just stupid because that's, you know, it's, you, just, you don't have to take it to the next level. John Lester was an adult the other night against the Atlanta Braves after Flowers and Contreras had gotten into it, and I thought Flowers was in the wrong there. But after they had gotten into it, and John Lester didn't bother to hit anybody, because who cares? Win the game. By the way, that's the essence of what Yasiel Puig had to say after the game. So, look, I, I, I hope the Reds don't do anything silly. They might to further it. But if they do anything silly, it's going to be because the Cubs started it, which is dumb. Don't be the team that started it. You're already disliked around the league in a massive way. I have seen this before. After the Red Sox won in 2004, there's an, a massive influx of new bandwagon fans to go along with the old, charming, lovable loser fans. Okay, that's what has happened with the Cubs. Cubs fans are everywhere. You saw them yesterday in Cincinnati. Both of the Cubs' home runs were caught by Cubs fans in the, in the outfield. That tickled me uh, to no end. The place is teeming with Cubs fan. They are the number one team in road attendance in baseball. The Dodgers are number two. Last year, the Cubs were number three in road attendance. 2017, number one. 2016, number one. 
They are they are the biggest team attraction on the road. It's not the Yankees anymore. It's not the Red Sox anymore. It is the Cubs. So there is a double up of fandom and there is a pushback where you are loathed and envied because people want to come play for you. Because Craig Kimbrell says, I want to play there as opposed to going to other teams that need him like Minnesota who chased him or Tampa Bay who chased him or whatever. You know, uh, people will take less money on occasion to come play for the Cubs. Wrigley is charming and delightful and awesome. And people who don't play there wish they played there. So they are envied and disliked. You don't have to pile on and do more stuff to become further disliked and put your batters in peril from thrown pitches from Cincinnati Reds, guys. I want to talk about this with you. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I have not been looking at the text. I have not been looking at the tweets. The only folks I've had a conversation with this about are my wife on the way and the promotions guys who are here to support the dogs live broadcast. But, yeah, man, Pedro Strope 100% in the wrong on multiple levels to me yesterday. Here's Pedro Strope after the game when asked about hitting Yasiel Puig and uh, Yasiel Puig's reaction when he came out and went towards the mound then was held back by Wilson Contreras and Anthony Rizzo, and eventually Joey Votto. So here's Pedro Strope after the game. He just react like that, I don't know. Like maybe because maybe it was a it was a three old pitch. You know, it looks it could looks weird, but uh, it wasn't a secret. I wasn't commending that my sinker in, and I didn't want to leave a cookie three old. This is a guy that he'll swing three old and, and just hit away out of the park. But he just he just acts stupid. I don't know. And then like. I don't know what to say about it. You were sort of being held back as well. What were you yelling over at him, if you can? I was like, if, why are you talking? You, you had a chance to just come and do whatever you need to do in the mound. Like, and so now you're just screaming. I mean, it's not a secret. He's stupid. He's stupid. <laughs> so that, like, I mean, I have, I have nothing against him, but he's stupid. He's, I mean, there's no doubt about it. That's Pedro Strope. Stupid as F. Stupid as F. Here's Yasiel Puig after the game when he was asked about the incident and the situation. The history with Strope before this? I'm out. So what was your thoughts about being drilled with a 3 No, I don't know. We need to ask him, but this is and and again today. Myself and my teammates want to go out tomorrow and won the series. If we won the next game tomorrow, we're going to be close to the, was the team want to us being close to the top of the line. And we're going out and play the game tomorrow and won. Uh, we're going to forget what happened today. So that's Yasiel Puig saying, yeah, I decided to not go after him and talking with my teammates and we'll just go out and try to win today. I think Puig is demonstrative. I think Puig is weird. I think he's incredibly likable, personally. I know a lot of people agree. Maybe you don't, and that's fine. What happened on that at bat, and you, if you go back and you watch the whole thing, you can see that Strope is not pitching to Yasil Puig. He's pitching around him. First and second, five-run lead, decides to still pitch around him. Puig wants to do something, wants to hit Homer to try and get back in the game. Puig is pitching, or, or Strope is pitching around him, so it's 3-0. and And at that point, Puig just kind of has the bat resting on his shoulder because he's a little irritated that Strope isn't pitching to him. And so Strope hits him. He hits him. I know it's just in the hip. 
Okay, he's got control. And then for Strope to say it was just a sinker that got away, that's a bunch. That, that's garbage. It's, it's just garbage. I'm not angry at Pedro Strope. I'm disappointed, and I don't think it's necessary. That's where I am today, here on the Cubs flagship radio station. Hence, it is the awkward truth. Now, look, stuff like this happens. Uh, perhaps no one will overreact, and they'll all just move on and be a bigger adult in the process. So I, I found it interesting, and I found it somewhat disappointing. L- let's talk about it. You disagree with me? Come at me. Come at me, bro. Let's discuss. You agree? Fine. You want to find nuance? Do it. You want to talk about uh, where the Cubs stand in terms of how teams feel about them, how fans feel about them around baseball. As I told you, the number one team in road attendance, a team that irritates people sometimes. You've seen it twice now in the past week. We can do that as well. 312-644-6767. Is the phone number? I am Matt Spiegel. It is hit and run six seventy eleven to get to us via text if you like. Chris Kampka will be joining us for Camp Connections later on in the hour. But dial it up and let's talk about this stuff from yesterday. Um, and I have some some insight further into uh, Javier Baez that we got to discuss because the man is just an absolute marvel and a treasure on a number of levels. It's Speaks and Hit and Run out here, brought to you by the Chicago Dogs, where every day is Fan Appreciation Day. For tickets, visit thechicagodogs.com. It's Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Highlight courtesy 670, the score. WSCR, that's Pat Hughes. Talking about that moment from yesterday's game. It's hit and run right here on The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel here with you. Phone lines are wide open at 312-644-6767. I failed at the correctly identify your Chicago Highways game that I played um, just because I decided to play it myself. Nobody dared me to play it. I just decided to play it and failed. That's 294 right there beyond the left and center field walls. Um, Dave Miska tried to gently correct me by mentioning the 16-car pileup on 294, but I only heard the pileup part. That gentle correction, though, by the way, is a beautiful thing that broadcast partners can do for each other. And I experienced it earlier in the week in the broadcast booth with Zach Zaidman and Ron Coomer doing pre and post uh, for the Cubs. And during one of the games, we're talking about all-star game selection. And the reserves, by the way, get announced this evening at about 530. Uh, we're talking about all-star game selection. We're talking about how complicated first base is in the National League. And I mentioned... Yeah, you got Cody Bellinger there as well. And Zach says, yeah, it's a good thing for the voters that they moved him to right field. Very comfortable, very clean, very um, very empathetic as a partner, very kind. This is what you do for each other when you're good radio teammates. 
670, the score is where you are. So thank you, Dave, for the attempted good correction, which I failed miserably and then further complicated by pointing out a good 15 minutes later here on the show. I'm glad you just enjoyed the joke, too. So, I mean, <laughs> it worked. It yeah. came out even. I think so. All right, we're talking about Puig and Strope. I'm disappointed in Pedro Strope, but I think he was 100% in the wrong yesterday. It's 3-0. and Puig is uh, annoyed that you're not pitching to him. He's challenging you to make a good pitch. Instead, you decide to hit him in the butt. That's, that, that, that's not, you know. That's that's unnecessary. And then the stuff after to straight up call him out as stupid. He's stupid as F and everybody knows it. That's not nice. That's not necessary. Puig is eccentric. Puig is odd. And it seems that sometimes things don't come easy for Puig. But you don't have to straight up call him out as being stupid as F. I'm sorry. Let's go to the phone lines. This is Gator Dale on the north side on 670 The Score. Hello, Dale. How are you? What's up, guys? Hey, I got to agree with you. Strope was in the wrong. He's putting his teammates in a uh, bad position. Plus, you're short pitching, and you just got the bullpen up the way you wanted to do it. But I got to I gotta say something. Tweak has this history with pitchers and his antics, and every time he gets hit, he always does the a la Derek Lee, uh, Chris Young, I'll charge the mound, hold me back kind of thing. If Wilson Contreras is that strong to hold him back, Wilson Contreras has got to be working out all, all the time and stuff. But realistically, if you're going to go out there, go out there. He did it with Mad Bum when he was with the Dodgers. Mad Bum yes. stood out there, like, come on and get it because I'm going to put you into the ground. And for, Everybody says that Puig is a big guy. I don't know if you noticed, but Strope is one big dude. Pre-game, he's probably doing curls with Paul Sullivan and uh, – you know, the other guy, uh, 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 George Offman. Martin. I mean, you, guys, you mean he's doing, he's doing curls with them as the weights, is what you're saying? Like not doing curls side by side. You got it. You got it with them as weights. I mean, he is one strong and big dude. He, I, I saw him one time uh, with Chapman at a pregame. Those are some two big guys. It, if you're going to go out there and you're going to slam your helmet down or something like that, you better go out there and be a man. Okay, because why? Like why do you want? Why do you want these guys to fight, Dale? They're okay, not. Okay. They don't need. They don't need to fight. No. See, here's the thing. I think you're right that it was and has been in Puig's career the kind of phony. Oh, hold me back. Hold. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh no. Oh wow. Okay, you're holding me back. It's a good thing he's holding me back. Well, I thought better of it. I thought better of it, and I did the right thing. Okay. So he's it, being it, goofy. He's he's dramatic and he's goofy. You know? So what? He's not fighting. They don't need to fight people. You don't need to throw the ball at people. Then then you know what? The pitchers, every pitcher all Major League Baseball should uh, take a class from Kyle Farnsworth and say, you know what? He takes one step out of the box towards the center of the field. I'm coming in after you, and I'm going to end it. Just like he did uh, back in Cincinnati. Same place about, what, 25 years ago? Hey, Dale, I hear you, man. Thanks for the call. I, I mean, so maybe to you, to, to Dale, and maybe to others, Puig is a fake tough guy, right? He's saying, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to come get you. I'd rather he doesn't actually come get him, though. I, I mean, because I don't, I mean, look, we look back and we laugh about A.J. Uh, Przinsky and Michael Barrett. You're right. We look back on this stuff and laugh. And as someone once famously said, nobody ever ran out to the parking lot to watch two guys get along. Okay? So I know. 
there's something in his like, oh, here we go, here we go, and everybody stands up, and you want to see the fisticuffs? I guess that's what's going on with Dale and maybe a lot of people. But, but you know, I'm just, I'm not somebody who, who, who needs to see that and wants to see that. I, I don't think it's necessary. And so Puig is dramatic, and he's he's a little, little, little funky that way. All right, I, I, I find it entertaining. I find him entertaining, and I didn't think what Pedro did was was necessary. This is Ryan in East Chicago on 670 The Score. What's up, Ryan? How are you? All right. Thank you. I'm okay. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Uh, yeah, I got this, something to say about this, about the Cubs organization. Uh, first of all, about Ben Luther Strope. I, you're right. You know, he shouldn't have compounded the situation by saying, oh, he's stupid, he's stupid. I mean... Okay, if you say that, why are you saying you're stupid? Is there something going on between the two of you that you're not talking about? You know, that's the first yeah, thing. I, and the... maybe, but I, I think Pui's just uh, Pui's just he's he's odd and he's weird, and I I think he might be. Um, I think he might not be quite as smart as some of the other players in MLB. I think that's probably it, it's very potentially true. Well, Major League Baseball has a history of of oddballs. I mean, <laughs> wow. But uh, if you go back and you look at the, the history of the Cubs, I mean, well, just recently, for example, you know, with Atlanta, and then they got into it with, with who was that else they got into it with, the Mets or some some kind of confrontation there. But the Cubs, if you look at them historically, they've got a history as a ballpark, as a as an organization, of saying the wrong things to players, going all the way back to Babe Ruth and his called shot. You know that whole story. I mean, so it, it doesn't surprise me. The Cubs may be uh, be Wait a now looked I'm, at I'm, as the I'm, second Yankees. Uh, oh, I'm having trouble, Ryan, connecting uh, Charlie Grimm and Babe Ruth and the called shot with Tyler Flowers and Wilson Contreras. I'm having trouble making that connection. Well, they were the, the Cub players. They were instigating the whole thing. They were shooting their mouth off and right in front of the commissioner who's sitting there at the time, and they're cursing and yelling at him and, and everything, and Ruth's just trying to bat, and he's telling them, cut it out, cut it out, and they kept on doing it. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, bam. Yeah, I, I hear you. Thank you, Ryan, for the call. Uh, I, I appreciate it. It is uh, 670, the score. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Western Conference champion Chicago Wolves would like to thank the loyal fans for making this 25th anniversary so special. Thank you and see you in October. Texter says, uh, Speaks, I think you missed Gator Dale's point. I don't think he wanted people to charge the mound. He was saying, if you're going to charge the mound, don't be fake about it. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. None of this happens if Strope doesn't bother to hit a guy who he's just kind of annoyed by because Puig is daring him to throw an actual pitch. You know, like, come on, throw me a pitch. And he's disappointed that the pitch is not being thrown. So, so Stropey hits him. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. I found uh, the whole thing largely unnecessary. Uh, you know what is, is awesome to watch? What is, what is truly phenomenal and is something that a lot of us never thought was going to happen. Was Javier Baez becoming this incredibly good at going to the opposite field? If you remember when Joe Madden got here that first spring of 2015, and Joe 
was working with Baez, doing some of the situational hitting drills that he's done this year, by the way, in the spring. Um, working with Javi, and he would talk about him. And that whole year, Joe would talk about him. Joe, very, very supportive and really believed in Javi because of how smart he was, because of the baseball instincts, uh, which we all now know and see, and because of the power and speed of the swing and what Joe perceived as his teachability. And you remember him saying, I'm telling you, if this guy learns to spit on the outside slider, on the slider low and away, he'll be Manny Ramirez. If he learns to not swing at the slider low and away, he'll be Manny Ramirez. Well, what's happened is that Javi has learned sometimes to not swing at that, but more than anything, he has learned to hammer that pitch, to dive out and go get it because he knows he's going to be pitched it. And it wasn't a slider. It was a sinker. But that second pitch of the at-bat from Javier Baez and Zach Withers, do we have that, what happened in that game? It's one nothing. The bases are loaded. It's a big moment. It's yet another big moment for Javier Baez. And he's there with the bases jacked. And this pitch is low and away. And Javi does what he does a lot these days. From the stretch, the big right-hander Hughes comes back. And Baez lines one into right field deep. Back goes Puig near the wall. Grand slam. Grand slam, Javier Baez. Cubs lead 5-0. Opposite field, Granny for Javier Baez. And listen to the Cub fans at the Great American Ballpark. Thousands of them here in Cincinnati always travel to watch their Cubs. Amazing. Opposite field home run, number 11 on the season. His batting average and slugging percentage to the opposite field is just incredible. And this is not just, you know, kind of some of the situational awareness that Joe has been trying to talk about and hitting with runners in scoring position and, you know, willingness to go away. This is an overall, because you've seen him do this. You've seen solo homers the opposite field. You've seen doubles to the opposite field. You've seen game winners down the right field line. Um, this, this is a guy who's realized, I'm going to get pitched out there. I am strong enough to wait that extra moment and barrel up a ball and go that way. And the realization is one thing. The willingness is another. And the incredible hand-eye coordination to do it consistently is just astounding. You don't usually see this kind of adjustment. It's a very, very difficult adjustment that Javier Baez has made. And I am among many who were wrong about Javi Baez becoming this good. Many, many folks, including me, have been wrong about Javi. Uh, I was at a party last night with, uh, with my wife, uh, the fiery Latina, and there was a lot of different folks from a lot of different Latin ethnicities there, and a lot of us are talking baseball at different times. And the love for Baez specifically is quite something. And I'm hearing it last night and having these conversations with these guys and, and one of them was a, was a young guy. He's, he's 21. He's a, a pitcher in, in, in college. And Baez, by far his favorite player. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, I feel like I've come up with him. I feel like I've watched him develop and watch him get better while I'm also trying to get better at everything. And he's not just talking about baseball. He's talking about life. He's talking about everything. He feels like he has watched Javi figure it out. And I don't know about you and when your, your baseball loyalties were formed, when your, when your love or your affinities for specific players was formed, but that's some strong, strong stuff. If you feel like you have watched a guy grow 
and you've watched a guy defy some experts and defy some expectations and and becoming this good, then that that can really cement uh, a love affair with a ball player and with a team. Texture at 6711, what do you think about the Cubs flipping Baez for a relief pitcher? That's idiotic, and I assume that you're not serious. If you are serious, sir, that's a terrible, or ma'am, that's a terrible, terrible thought. Javier Baez should not go anywhere. In fact, the question that starts to come to your mind is if you can't pay everybody and you have to give long-term contracts to what? Two of the three, Contreras, Baez, Bryant, and maybe make a difficult decision and deal one of those guys because maybe you can't keep all of those guys. You know, it's, uh, it becomes a very interesting conversation. It becomes a different conversation than you might have thought it was a couple years ago because the idea of not paying Javier Baez, of seeing him go somewhere else, feels really, really bad right now. Just conceptually, you know, I don't know how many years, I don't know how long, you know, the body will hold up and he'll be able to play short. But the thing is, he can play anywhere, absolutely anywhere. And we'll give you gold glove caliber defense anywhere and everywhere for as long as he is healthy enough to play. That part, you know, it's quite something. 312-644-6767. Let's talk to Ray in Oak Park before we take a break and get to Cam Connections on Hit and Run. Good morning, Ray. What's happening? Yeah, how you doing? People keep blaming Thank our future for hitting Yasiel Puig yesterday. But people don't realize on the third pitch of that sequence, Puig was mocking him. Yes, Puig was upset that he was yeah. getting pitched around, that he wasn't getting a pitch to hit. And, in fact, on that fourth pitch, he just threw the bat on his shoulder and waited for the pitch to come. So that in yeah. your mind, Ray, that's okay to then hit somebody? No, sir, it's not okay, but it's baseball. You get hit. <laughs> You put the bed down, and you walk to first. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't agree that you should hit somebody. I, I, no, I just no, don't. No. I know, I know it's been baseball. I love baseball. I've watched baseball. I get he it. Was, I, he, I don't mean to cut you off, but he was mocking him like you were doing batting practice, telling the pitcher to throw it higher, lower, whatever. He <laughs> on the third pitch, he was just mocking him. That's what you get for mocking him. That that's what you get from him, is it? Well, at least it was the hip, right? Well, if this is baseball, this is what we're gonna do. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, and don't hit him in the head, but he hit him in the butt. I mean, you know, the dude is a big guy. Put the bed down, walk to first. Take first I got base. you. Hey, Ray, I appreciate, I appreciate your call, man. Thank you for calling. I, I appreciate it, and I'm sure there's a ton of people who agree with you. And if at that point Puig just, like, smiles and says, okay, whatever, all right, and, and takes that as uh, something that he deserves or he has coming because he's mocking him to go back, and he, and he walks to first, then we're not even talking about this. It's Puig who gets upset and comes out, but I understand why Puig was upset because I don't think you need to hit anybody, you know? And then the stuff after the game is, is what bothered me about, about Strope. I know it was entertaining. I know reporters are sitting there laughing and giggling at it while he's calling out uh, Puig as, as stupid. I, just, I, didn't, I don't find it necessary. But, hey, that's me, and I'm just one voice. Lots of other voices on this show. Phone callers like you, Ray. Thanks for the call. And guests like Chris Kamka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. He'll be next with Camp Connections. And at 10 o'clock, we're expecting to have a conversation with both Carlos Zambrano and Butch Hobson of these Chicago dogs. 
Uh, we are broadcasting live from Impact Field, brought to you by the Chicago Dogs, where every day is Fan Appreciation Day. For tickets, visit thechicagodogs.com. We'll come right back and talk to Chris Kampka on the score. Welcome back into Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. I'm your host. I'm Matt Spiegel. I talk baseball with you every Sunday morning. And I'm thrilled to do so live at Impact Field right, uh, right off of 294 here in Rosemont getting ready for a Chicago Dogs game today. It's Fan Appreciation Day. Guess what? Every day is Fan Appreciation Day. And we're going to have a conversation in a little while with Butch Hobson and Carlos Zambrano. Really looking forward to that. But right now we do, as we do every Sunday morning on Hit and Run, we check in with our guy Chris Kamka for Cam Connections. Nuggets on the Cubs and the White Sox that titillated the man's brain during the course of the week. What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm delightful, man. I'm at a ballpark. I'm at a ballpark on the outfield concourse. What could be bad? Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Can't, can't complain with you there. Nothing better than being in a ballpark. It is true. It is true. Chris, can you hear me, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Is, oh, that's good. Not a little? I, okay. No, I can, hear, I can hear you loud and clear, man. All good. Wait, where, are we, uh, where are we starting today? Cubs or White Sox? What you got for me? All right. Let's start out with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And they stand at 38-42, which, you know, it's probably – a bit better than you'd expect, given the fact they lost 100 games last year. But still, 38 and 42 was remarkable, considering a few things. First of all, they're 25th in the league in home runs, 93. They have a home run differential of minus 26. They've allowed 26 more than they've hit. They have wow. the fewest walks in the majors, like 195. They have the second fewest extra base hits in the majors, with 220. Only the Marlins have fewer. But how about this is probably the most incredible thing to consider when they're only four games on. Lucas Giolito, in 15 starts, has a 2.87 ER. He played 80 games. Yeah. He remained 65 games. White Sox started. They posted a collective ERA of 6.15. My and you goodness. combine all of that, and how are they four games under? It's incredible. It really, it, it really is. I mean, I knew that some of the specifics have been brutal. Um, Odrissimer Despagna, when he was designated for assignment, had accrued an ERA over eight. I believe Manny Benuelos oh, is, is, okay, so is well. Hold on. Is, yeah, well, Benuelos, I know, is well over six. Right now, the worst ERA in baseball is Reynaldo Lopez, and the second worst ERA in baseball, at least before yesterday, was Ivan Nova. He might have improved it a little bit uh, after yesterday, believe it or not. But, uh, but yeah, so it, I didn't realize that collectively it was all that rough other than Giolito. No, but the crazy thing is about you. You mentioned Despagne. He, he, was, he had made three starts. He was 0-2. He had a 9.45 ERA in 13 oh. in the third innings. And he's not the first White Sox pitcher to do that this year. Because remember Irvin Santana? Exact same numbers. Only no two, way. Three starts, 9.45 ERA, 13 in the third. They had two pitchers wow. do that. And, and wow, that, still, they're that, four that's, games under. That, 
that's that that's incredible that they have uh, achieved this level and had the dalliance with 500 for a little while with nobody I mean, it's a else. lot of resilience it's a lot of resilience and the credit to the white Sox for for managing to just scrape out and grind it out and get these wins it's it's been impressive and it's been a lot of fun to watch too yeah it, it, it has but th- this is what happens when a you have what eight different pitchers in your system be out for the year because of injury, yeah. something like that. They've had to make, and they've had to scramble. They've had to scramble, yes. and make, you know, because you couldn't have possibly expected these things, and they've managed now, to, you but, know, figure it out. And but then, but then, some of the pro scouting has obviously uh, been troubling with Santana and with Nova and and some of the guys like that. Uh, Chris, you know, real quick, as I look at these worst ERAs in baseball, it's amazing how many incredibly good arms are up here. Aaron Sanchez has the third worst ERA in baseball. J.A. Happ is the fourth worst. Rick Porcello and Hugh Darvish. Dylan Bundy up here. Jack Flaherty is up here. There's like, there's some really good pitchers just getting destroyed this year. I guess this is some rabbit rabbit ball action. Consider the fact that they're throwing the baseball the way that they always have, and now the ball is jumping out of parts in ways it never has. That just messes with a pitcher's psyche. It messes with what he has to do on the mound from from a game-to-game basis. He's got to change his strategy because what he's been doing is not working anymore because that ball is jumping out of the park and it shouldn't. Yeah, it was interesting watching a little bit of the London game yesterday, and along with the Rabbit Baseball, you have a ballpark that was just playing incredibly small, and homers flying, and every pitcher from like the third inning on just looked terrified, absolutely oh terrified, just I mean, trying to keep that ball on the bottom half. If you're a pitcher, what you want to do is coax them to hit foul. I mean, you see that? It's like almost three times as much foul territory as any major league park. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, you know, un- unbelievable is right. They're playing again a second game there, and it's actually, it's actually uh, I think a, a very entertaining thing. I have to begrudgingly admit that that looks like nothing but fun. Uh, baseball oh, in London over there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I came too late. Wh- right, I know. Um, what you got about the Cubs, sir? Okay, so this season, two lefties have made at least four starts of six innings and no runs. Dungeon Rue has made five of those starts, and Jose okay. Quintana has made four. And considering the fact that he struggled for the most part this year, it's there. It is there, and hopefully you can hmm. just be able to start unlocking that because only two lefties with four starts and six scoreless innings, and Quintana's one of the two along with Hyunjin Rue, and you've seen enough of him this year to know that, I mean, that, that guy is having a great year. Uh, wow, that's, in th- that's interesting. So so four great dominant starts for Quintana, and I think three of them were in that run early on in the year, and then the one yesterday. And you know what happened yesterday, Chris? And this is what Jose Quintana needs to do. He threw more than 50% non-fastballs. Yep. Yep. So it was, yep. I, I believe it was 51% either change-ups yep. or curves for a three-pitch guy the fastball will work better. It will play better uh, when they are in fear of those other pitches. And sometimes he just doesn't believe in it and then throws it less. And if it's not effective every once in a while, he gets scared off of it. But he went ahead and did it yesterday, and he's just got to keep doing it no matter what the confidence might tell him. You're spot on with that. And I've got a quick hmm. Javi Baez note as well. Uh, you, you mentioned the, 
going to the opposite field a lot. But 12 of his home runs this year have come in the seventh inning or later. At 60% with home runs. Now, from the first three innings of a game, two homers in the 377 slugging percentage. Innings four to six, six home runs with a 517 slugging percentage. Seventh inning on, 12 home runs and a 792 slugging percentage. So his guy, wow. he gets hotter as the game goes longer. That That's fascinating. And my first takeaway from that is to think he has figured out how pitchers are trying to get him out. He's got it figured out. And he knows exactly what they're going to do. And they may not do it that way early on in a game because the situation isn't quite so dire. But when the situation is dire, they know he knows exactly how he is going to be pitched, and he attacks it. Yeah, I think you're going to see, you know, mostly you're going to see relievers with two pitches rather than the mix. So, you know, you're eliminating one of your options. And Baez is, you know, making those adjustments, and he's hitting the ball out. I mean, he's, he's hitting everything. His plate coverage is superhuman. It really is. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. Right, I know. It's amazing. Instead of learning to not swing at that stuff, he has instead decided how to destroy that stuff and keeps doing it, right? It's like he's become Vlad Guerrero or Kirby Puckett with pitches out there as opposed to Manny Ramirez and not swinging at stuff out there. And how weird is it, though, that we're saying rave things about his play coverage when he still strikes out a lot. He still strikes out a lot, but... Still, his plate coverage is amazing. He's hitting balls, yeah. and the you know, outside the zone. There's stuff they're low and away. He's reaching out and poking it down the line. He's, it's just crazy. Despite the fact that he still strikes out a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. I got to look at the data, Chris. I wonder if what he's striking out on is different than what he used to strike out on. You know, like they're not well, getting him on that on that stuff, but instead they're getting him on some of the stuff he used to sit on and doesn't sit on anymore. You know, well, that, that could yeah. be a task for next week. Yeah, absolutely. We can revisit that next week. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. You're the best. He is uh, at C. Kampka on Twitter, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. I am Matt Spiegel. It is hit and run. We're live from Impact Field out here uh, for Chicago Dogs Fan Appreciation Day because every day is Fan Appreciation Day. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Carlos Zambrano and Butch Hobson. Very much looking forward to that. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.